Your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. Good morning and welcome to Arts Russ. I'm Noreen Mitchell. I'm here in the studio with my co-host Karen Cassian. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Noreen. And we're pleased to welcome with us today Norma Van Alstein. Good morning, Norma. Good morning, Noreen. Thanks for joining us, Norma. Oh, you're quite welcome. Happy to be here. Norma is an artist. She's a photographer and painter. She also has a current solo exi- exhibition on now in Partners Hall, and that's called Loving Wildlife. And we're going to come back to that. But first of all, we're going to ask you a bit. I know that you're a HAS member like we are. Uh, how has that helped you in your career so far? Oh, it has helped me immensely with having been able to exhibit some of my paintings and now my photography and just the uh, collaboration with other artists, seeing what they have. And um, it's it's just I find it really really fulfilling to see so much art and and good people out there producing. Are you it. on the site, the uh, Haas um, website? Yes, I have a, a member directory on the site as well. I think that's yes. a, that's a cool thing. That yes, they offer. that's actually how the Muskoka Life contacted me. Is oh, that right? Oh, okay, so, so we didn't talk about website. that yet. Yeah, well, the Muskoka Life uh, issue. You have the cover photo of a vixen on that, and that is the issue February March twenty twenty two. And it congratulations. Is, that's yeah, pretty that's cool. Quite a coup. Because you're a new artist, a fairly that, new artist. For sure, for yeah. sure. So In good for you. You've had a busy time of it the last year or two. Yes. Have you always lived in this area? I have. I yes? have. Born and raised in Port Sydney. Yes. Love it. 30 acres in Port Sydney is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. We have all different terrain. We have a marsh bog. We have uh, two ponds. We have woodlands. So as you can imagine, meadows. So we have lots of wildlife the per- the there. The perfect setting. It is. Mm-hmm. It and is. you have a cool name for it as well. Chickadee Hollow. I like that. Yes. Chickadee yes. Hollow. And I'm interested in the history of it because I read that it's part of an original land grant. Yes, yes. Uh, my husband's family, they were UELs, United Empire Loyalists, and they were given the 100-acre land grant back in the day. And um, we have, we still have the 30 acres of that 100. And was we, the homestead on that 30 acres? It was. Oh. Yes, it was. Is it still there? No. No. No, it's long gone. Okay. But it's really cool to see that we have that we can pass down to our girls um, eventually, yeah. and they can decide what to do with it. But I love Port it's, Sydney. It's yeah, a, it's a I do too. Thing. Yeah, I do too. And on that property, you have a horse. We do have Boomer. a horse. <laughs> Boomer. I'm so envious of you having a horse. I love horses. I remember you took a photograph, and that was part of I think maybe your first showing as well, a group show, and uh, in Partners Hall with Huntsville Arts Society. Yes. I did the labels and I just remembered that name. <laughs> yes, yes, and I painted him. He was actually the first horse. Oh, he I was. You painted. painted him. I painted him um, a headshot, and uh, I didn't know whether or not I could do an animal, so I thought I'll try on my own horse. And, and now you're doing a lot of animals. <laughs> I, I am. So, uh, but first you started as a photographer. I did. You I started did. at a young age, or what? No, it was later in life. It's probably 20, 30 years ago. I became interested in in photography in general the new digital especially yes, yes. I, I never worked with uh, the film yeah. really sort and of changed the whole field didn't it for sure it did mm-hmm. yes my daughter competed in uh, hunter shows so we would trailer around to horse shows and i would do photography for her as she was doing her jumps and other competitors as well and uh, from that i 
thought I'd better take some lessons on photography. So with Fred Schultz in Gravenhurst, there was a photography, get to know your camera. That was probably about 15 or 20 years ago. And uh, from that, yeah, I just uh, decided. But no stopping I, you. No stopping me. And you've sold going. three pieces in the solo show at Algon- uh, in Partners Hall at the Algonquin Theatre. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, that was exciting. Two pieces sold uh, opening night. So that was a real, real testament cool. to I felt I was worthy of it. Was your family artistically inclined at all? There are members of my family who are, yes, yes. There's a lot of, yes, art kind, in the family. What yeah. kind of painters? Painters, or, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So was your horse the first time you started looking at wildlife uh, like with close observation, or were you always looking at wildlife, even without photographing them? Like closely, I was always looking at wildlife over the past few years, for sure. Looking at the little critters, chipmunks, squirrels, hares, and going to Algonquin Park whenever I could. I was going to ask you. Yeah. I went in once at five in the morning with a bunch of other people, and we all waited for the moose to come up on the road and lick <laughs> yes. the salt. Have you done that? Yes. And did you get some? We some did. Good we did photographs. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. quite an experience. Yeah, May is usually a good time. The ditches fill with that uh, salt water that yeah. they're after, right after a long winter. So, that's the time. We certainly people. live in the area to view all these critters, don't we? Oh, we do. How did retirement affect your career as an artist? Oh my goodness, I'll tell you that when I decided to retire, the thing I was looking forward to most was being able to see the bluebirds fledge their nests. I had waited, I've been photographing them for a few years, and I thought, I can now sit out there and watch them actually fledge. You don't have bluebirds. Well, we do have bluebirds. I have bird boxes, yes. Do you have to feed them something special? No, no. I've never seen a bluebird. They return year after year. Isn't that interesting? We used to have swallows, but... uh... I don't see them anymore. We have red-winged uh, blackbirds right now. Yes, lots of them, we and do. Lots, lots of doves of and uh, chickadees. Mm-hmm. Bluebirds, I'd love to see a picture. So they return May, June every year. Cool. So what career did you leave after thirty years? So I was—I've been in public health for for over thirty years, but it was public health administration supervision, and um, that's the career that I left, and I left I think at the right time I loved my career I absolutely loved it I worked in 2018 was probably a good it was a good time to leave I little did we know what was ahead of us right so how has um well we usually ask um people how COVID has changed their life like as an artist but you sort of started as an artist I started as an artist and I was able to go to our little cabin in the woods at Chickadee Hollow and I did a lot of painting there over the course of the past. It's a beautiful cabin. I'm envious of your cabin. Thank you. It was on my bucket list. It's been on my bucket list for eight eight to ten years and Mm -hmm. I finally got it. So So that's a nice quiet place and you were given a parting gift after you retired. I was. Would you like to talk about that? Yes. Um, my staff, they decided that uh, they knew I wanted to, something else on my bucket list was learning to paint. So they went together and they purchased a gift certificate for me to take painting lessons with Janine Marsden. That's great. And it was wonderful because I used it immediately. You know, I retired in January of 2018 and I used it by February, March. I was uh, on my way to learning to paint. And have you enjoyed painting as much as photography, or are you still uh, acquiring that love? I'm still acquiring, and I'm still learning lots. I, I, I didn't know how to paint. I, the concept, 
and the, I wasn't worried about how. Yeah, you have to cut. Yeah. I was worried. I wasn't worried about the composition and the concept because I can draw, but it was how to paint. What what do you do to mix the colors? What brushes do you use? Means what a good one to start with. Exactly. So yeah. it was all the basics I needed to get. Did you grounded. try different mediums, or I know you paint with acrylic, but uh, did you try other I, mediums too? I did not. No, I didn't try watercolor because it's I was difficult. thinking it's not forgiving, yeah. and oils. I don't know. I, I'd like to say I was afraid of oils because I just didn't know enough about oils. And I was thinking they would be a smelly paint to use. I, I wasn't sure. So I stuck with acrylic. That seemed to be the easy I like thing. acrylic. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. So you had a lot of photographs to use to make paintings from. I have a lot. I have a lot to draw upon. Lots of reference material, especially I keep folders on the parks for year, on Algonquin Park for year after year, each month, and at home as well. Through all seasons, I've got these um, folders with uh, dates on them. So I do have tons. It's Most not just wildlife. Sorry. No, I was. Yeah, same thing. We're going. We're going yeah. the same direction. It's not always just mo- uh, wildlife. No, it's not. No. You've done landscapes as well. I've done landscapes as well. I've done little. Uh, insects I've done um, like displays of maple leaves doing different pieces of artwork maple leaves in the in the bush have you done any abstract I've not done no no. that doesn't appeal to me personally okay so when you go out and do your photographing and then subsequently uh, make uh, paintings of them what places would you like to go to I like to go to, I do like to go to Algonquin Park. Um, Spruce Bog, it's a common little trail. It's an easy trail. And my goodness, I've got many photographs from there. Um, Spruce grouse, the yellowthroat, common yellowthroat warblers, um, turtles. Um, It's just a really, really great place to find. Do you do on plein air or do you just take photos and come home? I just take the photos and come home. And do you have a routine, a day, like are you pretty good daily doing the same thing over and over again? No, no. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm not Not at all, not at all. I, uh, I, uh, many say you don't have to be in the mood to paint. I find I do have to be in the mood mm-hmm. to paint. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I go up in my our bush to Chickadee Hollow on our trails, I haul my camera with me all the time. It has the you know a really long telephoto lens. The camera's heavy. When you so don't feel like gear, painting, it's a good thing to. I just do it with my phone. But uh, yes, right. that's right. Yeah, yeah, the phone comes in handy. Well, this is so interesting. We're going to come back and talk with Norma Van Alstine right after this break. This is Dr. Shervin. Hello. Dr. Shervin owns a dental practice in Huntsville. Yes, ma'am. But it's not only a dental practice. Dairy Lane Dental plays a major role in our community, supporting organizations that enrich your town like Community Radio, being a member of the Bay Food Crew, and Huntsville Hospital Foundation Business Cares Program. Dr. Shervin and his team at Dairy Lane Dental knows that alongside truly understanding their patients by providing a pleasant dental experience comes a responsibility to take care of our home. This is correct. Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka. Your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. We're back on Arts R Us. I'm Noreen Mitchell with my co-host Karen Cassie, and our guest today is Norma Van Alstein. And Norma was talking about the fact she doesn't have a routine. She I, paints. I was very happy. And about do you that. also photograph when you feel like it? Does I do. That, does that move you more readily? I do. 
Yes. <laughs> and maybe part of that's being retired, but I do not stick to a routine. Okay. You do have a lot of patience, though. I've seen some of the shots you've I got. I know, the one with the rabbit and the, and the chipmunk? Yes. Did you, yes. What did you, how did you get that shot? So that was, uh, that was on our property as well. I was You're sitting there. Touching noses. Yeah, sitting there cross-legged, watching, you know, holding this big camera and my elbows shaking and um, trying how to get a good shot of this. How close were you? I was probably about 50 feet away, okay. so not that far. And with the long lens, it really brings it up closer. And... Lo and behold, this little chipmunk wanders up to this hare. It was actually a snowshoe hare. And he was really curious, and their nose is touched. So I took about four or five paint or four or five photographs of that to get the, the good shot. But that I couldn't plan in a million years. No. That was just by shot. chance that that happened. I think mm -hmm. I read somewhere that you like winter. Oh, I love winter. Do you snowshoe or? Well, I love it for photography. Okay. I find it. I find it best for wildlife photography. Personally, the snow, the backdrop, oh, just I makes see. for beautiful mm -hmm. background scenery, and seeing the white-tailed deer with the snow in the background, even the ruffed grouse we have on the property, the snowshoe hare as he's color changing. I just love it. I will. I've been known to lie on my stomach for you know, an hour at a time trying to wait for, and anticipate that this hare will cross the trail and stop and nibble, nibble on the spruce boughs. That's great. <laughs> the lengths you go to. I can, changing the topic, um, I'm, I'm interested in hearing you tell us about the wild horses of Alberta and your connection to that. Sure. I became passionate about wild horse horses in Alberta after I visited out there in 2015. My husband and I went out there and I was trying to inquire locally at High River to find out where might I find wild horses and they directed me to a place in Sundry, Wild Horses of Alberta Society, Woes, and uh, they have a sanctuary there. So we went to the sanctuary and uh, they have some wildies that have perhaps wandered onto private land so they can no longer be wild. So they take them in and they gentle them enough so that they could be adopted. But while there, they took us around on a four by four to see wild horses res at the resident herd there. How many are there? there are lots, I, I imagine. There's probably um, about between six and eight hundred, I think. So not terribly a terrible amount mm -hmm. of them, but enough that they are there and photographers love to see and them. And these are roaming horses that roam on public lands on for the most part. On public lands, yes. Yes. Are their numbers decreasing every year? So what's happened is um, the there's a couple of advocacy groups who try to look after the management of the herd populations, and they are stakeholders for the wild horses. So they are advocating for the Alberta government to, first of all, designate them as an Alberta Rocky Mountain horse and not designate them as feral because that's not that has a derogatory kiss of, kiss of death to a that's, horse that's right yeah. so they are hoping that um they're doing aerial surveys right now actually and they're hoping the numbers will show that they're not skyrocketing they believe they're not skyrocketing because over the last uh, five years they have the population has gone down 300 oh, wow. so the wild horses do they face predation as any wild animal will from cougars bears um you know, they do, do. Do they still round them up and sell them, or are they just adopted out? I think the last one was in 2014. Where they yes, did it that. was. Yeah. Yes, they called it a cull, and um, there were 
probably 100 horses, and those that weren't adopted, unfortunately, would have been sent to slaughter. So it was as a result of, a result of public outcry that these um, agencies, these organizations were developed to be an advocate for those wild horses. More recently, I had been following Haws on Facebook. It's Help Alberta Wildies Horses, and that was formed in 2014, and they do rescue the odd horse as well, but they work collaboratively. With those, the with two these, organizations do, work together. I, I, I found that out myself, and I was yes. interested to see a list of myth busters. You've got that as well, yes. and I, I think you could talk about a couple of those things. Sure. So one of the myths with wild horses is that they have no natural predators. As I said just a few seconds ago, wolves that they wolves. do. Grizzlies, cougar, and wolves yeah. are all of the wild horse predators. Another one was wild horses damage and destroy the landscape and the ecosystem. Well, that's not true. Yeah, I can't believe that. They're the least impactful as compared to herds of cattle. There mm -hmm. was a... a a trail cam shown where a herd of cattle came through last summer at a spot where wild horses reside. They've got trail cams put in different places. And after an afternoon that it was it was total mud pit from the cattle. Yes. And the horses had been going for years. Or ATVs. Or ATVs, that's <laughs> right. Another myth was um, wild horses wrap their tongues around the grass and pull out roots. No, oh, wow. that's not at all what they yeah. do. They snip them off. Yeah. That's what cattle do. They mm -hmm. wrap around the grass and they uproot it. So they are destructive for the ecosystem. And while we're talking cattle, it's those cattle that are owned by cattle ranchers. They're on the public lands for a duration of the spring through to the fall. And so they're in competition with the wild horses. And that's why the dislike for the wild horses. Exactly. By the Become most a part. vegetarian, that's what I say. Yes. So you went to see them the first time, but that wasn't the only time. No. So I had to go back. So I went back in 2018 in the fall. And oh my goodness, the first, it, it was a photography retreat. So I flew out for the weekend. And I arrived and there were 10 photographers. We went in a four by four on this back road. We got out of the truck and there, it had snowed the night before. So I was really happy about that because as you know, I like the snow. And we crept through the bush, through the, the alders, and oh my goodness, we could hear the snorting and we could hear the, the hoofs digging. And we break through the alders and there was the most beautiful team of a band of blacks and greys. And it's like, be still my heart. I oh, was wow. just, I can't explain. Yeah. It was absolutely one of the most wonderful feelings I've ever, I've ever had. And it was such a thrill to see them. And I'm shaking with my camera here, trying to get it focused. I didn't have a tripod. And it was just an amazing experience that every time I see them, And that happens. led to a couple of photographs or a couple of stories, at least a story in a magazines. Yes. So tell us about that. So I, I submitted a, to our Canada last year, I submitted a photo. 2021. 2021, I submitted a photo to Our Canada. They always have a parting shot on the back of the cover of the magazine. And I submitted, didn't hear, didn't hear. And then finally, I got an email. And um, the, the gal on the end said, I would like to know if you'd be interested in being interviewed for an article in Our Canada on your wild horse adventures. Yes, of course oh, I would. Great. Anyway, to get the word out, right, about the wild horses. 
And so we did a, a phone interview, and um, there were many of my pictures published in Our Canada, the April-May issue of 2021. That's great. And then it was picked up. And then it was picked up by Reader's Digest International. So I got oh, wow. a call from Reader's Digest asking again to do an article. It wouldn't be printed in English, but it would be printed in Europe. And she thought it would be a good idea for the European people to be aware of the wild horse uh, plight in Canada. So they did an even larger article in the Reader's Digest International. Don't so they eat, eat horse meat in Europe, isn't it? And they common? do. Or, yeah. They do. So maybe it is good to get a, an yes. article out about yes. that. Mm-hmm. So those were two thrilling, unexpected experiences for sure. Sure. You were also the Art FX featured artist last year in 2021. You've had quite a year in 2021. In the, I have. In the Doppler. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's been, yes. It's you had been. a show in Algonquin uh, Gallery in Algonquin Park, the Visitor Center. Yes. You've been in the member show for the Huntsville Art Society. Yes. Uh, and now, it now you have a solo show. that and It will feature some of the works of these horses that you've been talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And it's called... Loving Wildlife. Yes. I think it could also be called Loving Wild Life. Like keeping wildlife wild. Exactly. I agree 100% with you. So what is it you hope that people will understand? Well, I hope that through this art show, it will bring about some education and awareness of not just the wild horses, but all wildlife and the importance of the ecosystem, climate change, any little thing that we could do to help assist keep these animals wild. Mm -hmm. So we can send people to Partners Hall to see that. That's on until April the 22nd. That's right. If people want to contact you, how do they do that other than Partners Hall? Yes, my contact information is on each of the little cards that are placed with each piece. Do you have Um, a website? I do have a website. Yes, and it's Norma Van Alstyne Photography and Painting is the website. Okay, how do you Actually, spell your last name, Norma? It's two words, Van, V-A-N, space, Alstein, Van Alstein. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's so wonderful to have you here, and it's wonderful to hear about your passion and uh, Thank your you. advocacy for the wild horses of Alberta. Thank the you foothills so pictures are beautiful. The landscapes pictures as well. Makes me want to. I, go back I spent to far Alberta. too long looking at mm. the horse videos, um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank for you coming. so much. Us, Norma. Yes. Thank you for and good luck with me. your show. Thank you so much. Karen, what would you like to tell us about today? Well, in the performing arts world in Huntsville, um, Eclipse Walk with the Light has a closing weekend, April 1st. They have, it's, they've made it into a festival almost. Sean Cotton is playing April 1st. April 2nd, Tobin Spring is doing his Harvest Moon Experience, which is very good if you haven't seen that. Um, the Monarch School of Performing Arts is um, coming out with Rent at the Algonquin Theatre on April 1st, 2nd, 8th, and 9th with two additional matinees on April 2nd and April 9th. That's going to be a fabulous production. Um, so if you haven't got your tickets, check it out. Um, the Huntsville Festival of the Arts has their major launch on April 13th. They have 30 um, entertainers and events coming up to celebrate 
celebrate their 30th anniversary. So um, wait for that because it's going to be great, including things like uh, Nuit Blanche North. Music at Noon is coming back. Uh, in April, the festival has Donovan coming at, to the Algonquin Theater April 23rd and the Washboard Union April 27th. So a lot of performing arts happenings. In the visual arts, we've mentioned Norma Van Alstyne. Alstein, Alstein's uh, show in Partners Hall, which is Loving Wildlife, and that's on now until April 22nd, and that will be followed by a spring members show, Swinging Into Spring, and it's on April 26th to May 31st, and that call is closing on April the 4th. Um, I also wanted to bring to the attention of our listeners the fact that Muskoka Arts and Crafts is starting to reopen and things are happening there's a member spring show and the opening event takes place on the 22nd of april from 3 till 6 p.m the chapel gallery i'm so happy to see will be reopening on the 20th of may and um, that will be interesting to see who ends up showing in that and of course the 60th annual summer show it's back in annie williams park this year and that's on from the 15th to the 17th of july so things so are happy, opening up so that's happy great. to know about these things that it's going ahead and in a slightly different vein the muskoka authors association is having it's april is poetry month they are having the poetry and etymology of places and people with poet bruce hunter so look for that that's a zoom meeting and look for that on muskokaauthors.ca. I also wanted to mention the Banff Centre Mountain Film Festival tour We're which going. We got tickets yet, on April 19th and 20th. Mm-hmm. So lots of things and what more have I got here? Oh, Gravenhurst Opera House has its full roster of what's coming up too. So, so check, check out Gravenhurst Opera House. So a few things happening there. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you again Norma for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. There's only one Hunter's Bay Radio. We are Muskoka. Muskoka.